Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence and uh, Mr. Ben Reikley is... No, put that football away. Forget it. Uh, Ben likes to throw the football in the studio. No. Put the football down. Your hands are getting better. We're not throwing any football. Did you in April throw a Nerf ball in the backyard here (laughs) the last week? You were practicing? The only thing we throw are fresh vegetables and so on. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I know we're on the mark. You're going to talk about Sunbury Motors, but I know Rob is a little anxious for his Eagles this weekend, so we'll 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 talk about that here during the show. But uh, here we got a, a little, little angst, a little angst in Philadelphia. Got right a lot now. of football on the radio on this weekend. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. We will have open phones uh, shortly here on uh, WKOK on the news line with us now. Cliff Readers is here, a Williamsport civil attorney and a noted leader in state efforts to regulate and improve a lot of aspects of the judiciary and uh, we've talked to him about a wide range of uh, national and local judicial issues just super informed and uh, his resume is about 20 pages long so we won't go into the whole thing but cliff thank you so much for being a friend and for, for calling in this morning Yes, good morning. Good morning. How are you? How is everybody there? Well, we're doing okay. We're fine. safe and sound and secure, and we have to keep Ben in Joe's tent here. We have a tent <laughs> to keep us separated in here. But uh, uh, And how, how right. is the fog up in Williamsport? Because I know if it's foggy yeah, here, foggy, it has to be foggy, foggy, foggy up you know, there. You, would, you wouldn't want to have to go out anywhere where you, know, you have to worry about seeing where you're going, you know what I mean? <laughs> but other than that, you'd be fine. All right, well, let's okay. talk about the U.S. Supreme Court. We have a vacancy on the court right, right, yeah. right now. Uh, we keep talking about... Uh, we're going to lose this uh, sort of four to five or five to four balance that we had for a time. Tell us about this balance and how precarious and then how important some sort of a balance is on the court. So it's a great question. People love to debate about the Supreme Court. And by the way, have since the founding of this republic, you know, it's very interesting that in the beginning of the republic, of course, George Washington got to nominate more uh, U.S. Supreme Court judges and more federal judges than any president in history, of course, because he was the first one. He was writing on a blank slate. So you would think he could do whatever he wanted to do. I mean, he was the emperor. He was the guy, right? Nevertheless, the anti-federalists, the, the Whigs, the uh, uh, the Jeffersonians, so to speak. I mean, they they uh, opposed him greatly in his uh, appointments, and to the point where uh, some of the you know, early appointments, like John Marshall. John Marshall was a was a well known Federalist um, who wanted to, among other things, do away with the states. You know, in, in the uh, early debates on the Constitution. So these people became a flashpoint even then for national differences. Should we have a unified federal government? 
and where the states were not that important, like the Federalists suggested, or Hamilton, who said, let's do away with the states, or should we have a, you know, a, a Jeffersonian vision, um, where you know, the nation was run by, by rural interests and by the states and the federal government, which is you know, kind of there for the national defense. And that battle has continued ever since in one form or another, slavery, anti-slavery. So these fights <clears throat> over who's going to be on the Supreme Court, which way is it going to tilt, uh, have gone on forever. Now, you have to sort of appreciate that our Supreme Court is different than a lot of Supreme Courts in a lot of countries. In a lot of countries, particularly parliamentary systems, they, they deliberately, and by law, by statute, by constitution, they give their, their highest court policy-making roles. Um, so that if there are, um, you know, if there are uh, situations where the executive or the legislature or the parliament cannot reach certain kinds of decisions, their courts can give advisory decisions, their courts can enter the political fray, so to speak, um, legitimately and legally. In our country, we've always thought about that. We're really not sure what we want our Supreme Court to do. Do we want them to get involved in policy, or do we just want them making strict decisions based upon legislation that Congress passes or the strict lettering of the Constitution? And we have gone back and forth about that, depending upon what president we support. Probably the, the, the greatest battles we've had are in the beginning of the Republic, like I say, between Washington and Jefferson. The second greatest battles were over slavery and the pre-slavery and, and slavery era. Um, and the next great battles, of course, were Franklin Roosevelt um, was elected. And people today, you know, are talking about court packing again. Well, court packing is not a modern term. That's what Roosevelt tried to do when he was unhappy with the justices on the court striking down New Deal legislation as going beyond anything the Constitution permitted. He, he came in as president with a bunch of people on the court um, who really saw the role of the Supreme Court and, as, as, and the role of Congress as very limited. Uh, the Constitution doesn't say anything about regulating the wages of children or uh, hourly wages or uh, pump priming to help the economy. The Constitution doesn't say anything about that kind of stuff. It's got very general terms, right? Very general terms in the Constitution. So, of course, Roosevelt wanted the just justices to uh, interpret those broadly, giving broad power to the federal government. And those who did not agree with him, the more conservative crowd said, no, you know, you can't rewrite the Constitution, you know, for modern economic times. And so you had this tremendous battle, and it was Roosevelt's first really big loss politically. I mean, he was a Teflon man. Roosevelt was our equivalent. Don't, don't, don't forget, Roosevelt lived during the fascist era. When you had Hitler and you had Stalin and you had, you know, you had these great, uh, you know, you had these great fascist leaders. So, so Roosevelt was a democratic, and I say that with a small d, you know, he was, a, he was a democratic equivalent of that. He was an extraordinarily forceful, powerful man. And he was really ticked off that he couldn't get a Supreme Court that agreed with him. I mean, he was able to sort of run the table on everything else. And so he wanted to pack the court. He wanted to expand the size of the court, which is not set by the Constitution, by the way. It doesn't say nine justices in the Constitution. So he wanted to pack the court so that he could make three or four appointments and gain uh, a majority of people who saw things his way. That's the first court-packing fight, not the first. We'd had changes in Supreme Court sizes, by the way, prior to that. But the first really major one, and the first major battle that Roosevelt lost politically, uh, because the people really couldn't tolerate that. By that time, by the time Roosevelt was president, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was president, the people had had a court of nine for long enough that they thought that was inviolate and they thought that Roosevelt was overstepping his bounds. So it has always been, it has always has been a battleground, always. And for those of you, and I know you have some listeners, very erudite people who like to read and study and learn, everybody should read who's really interested in this. 
a book by Cardozo called The Nature of the Judicial Process. Cardozo himself was a fascinating human being, by the way. He was considered a, he was a Roosevelt appointee, considered a, a liberal. Um, he had been uh, 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 the chief judge of New York State's highest court. But interestingly enough, when he got in the U.S. Supreme Court, he became rather, I won't say maybe conservative is the wrong word, but certainly he became more tempered uh, and more middle of the road as a U.S. Supreme Court justice. He was a brilliant guy. Um, and he was from one of the original founding Jewish families of this republic. Cardozo's had been in the United States since before this country was a republic. A uh, very, very prominent uh, Jewish-Spanish family, Sephardic family. So he had a very interesting background. A lot of people think, you know, they think about Brandeis or Frankfurter when they think of, of Jewish justices or now, or now Ginsburg, but, but a lot of people forget about Benjamin Cardozo, who was an absolute giant intellectually in his field. Um, so uh, this battle uh, over, you know, control of the Supreme Court uh, has gone on forever and will go on for as long as we have a country. Cliff, uh, Ben Reichley here. Can, can you just enlighten me a little bit? Because interesting about Roosevelt, if you look at his first term to his last term, of course, his, his, his last four years lasted basically four months. Yeah. Was that in his third term as, as president when he was starting to pack the court because of his frustration? What, what, was, what was the timeline for him? So, so let me correct you. It, it, you say starting. He never got to do it. He no, never no, got no. to do when it he because, because he, the, public, the public rose up against the idea. Packing the court doesn't mean picking your own justices. Packing the court means enlarging the size of the court beyond nine so that whoever's president could fill those new vacancies. That's what, packing, that's what court packing means when they talk about court packing. It doesn't mean somebody gets to make an appointment when maybe they shouldn't because of politics or some other reason. So, uh, so it was. I, he started talking about it in his second term. So okay. it really never happened. What he what did happen is some of the justices died or retired, and he did. Of course, you know, in being president for more than twelve years, <laughs> uh, you know, he obviously did have an opportunity to remake the court in his image, not because he was able to pack it, not because he was able to expand the size of it, but merely because of people he didn't care for died or retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there were some bad news people on the court. Don't get me wrong, you know. But uh, there were also some people who just were philosophically not warm to the idea of the New Deal. Cliff. So, you know, what you have now, and the other big issue that comes up is, is, is there any limitation? The next question you should ask me, you haven't asked me yet, is, is there any limitation when a president can nominate? Um, and, of course, that's all a matter of tradition. There's no law that says the president has to do it within a certain period of time, or the president can't do it on the last day he's in office, or anything like that. Um, there have been different traditions I, I made up this interesting chart here. It is so complicated, I can't read it myself. You know, if you ever do something, you ever write yourself a note, and you go back to read the next day, and you don't know what you wrote. <laughs> no. It happens all the time. Yeah, one of those kind of things. I tried to make up a color chart, but there's so many colors on it, it got confusing. You know, and the reason why it got confusing is it's very is that in the course of our history of of our nation, um, presidents who had um, a Senate that was of the same party or similar party, if you go back early enough, well, of course, they weren't worried about it. They made their nominations whenever they felt like making them, you know? Um, the only time this has really been an, issue, been an issue is when you have a president and a Senate of different parties. 
And then, of course, it always becomes political because the president is trying to send a message to the people uh, he wants to elect him or, or his predecessor, and the Senate, of course, wants to do the same thing. So it becomes a debate, a dispute, when you have um, you know, pa- different parties in control of the White House versus the Senate. And if you look at the record on it, it's really interesting. So the first part of my chart is uh, election year nominations before Election Day, of which there were plenty, plenty of vacancies, plenty of nominations, um, especially in the you know in the pre World War One period, and then nominations after Election Day. There were no, actually nominations even after Election Day, before before uh, the, the the term of the president uh, ended. And don't forget, in the old days. Uh, the new president didn't take office until March. <laughs> so there was a pretty big uh, period that was five months, pretty long period of time, and there were presidents who made nominations. Of course, if their Senate was of their party, they weren't, you know, there wasn't too much sweat about it. So this issue about right to make the nomination, now it's kind of a bogus issue. Anybody has a right to do it. You know, we talk a lot about Merrick Garland and the fact that Republicans blocked um, you know, hearings on him, well, they were the party in control in the Senate, and they could do that. <clears throat> and what probably also a lot of people don't understand is it happens with other federal judges all the time, of course. <clears throat> don't forget the president gets to nominate not only the Supreme Court, which hears a very small minority of cases in this country. The Supreme Court of the United States hears lots of high-profile cases, but in terms of affecting your life and mine, <clears throat> those are not the judges that presidents nominate that really affect our lives daily. The, the, the judges who are more likely to affect our lives are the circuit judges, who sort of sit over the 11 circuits in this country, um, or the federal district judges, who sit over the 91, 92 um, district courts throughout our country, all of whom have to go through the same process. They're all nominated by the president. They have to be confirmed by the Senate, and they have to, uh, uh, and they are subject to impeachment for if they behave badly. And... Uh, so and they are life all and they are all lifetime uh, nominees, by the way. Hmm. And so we have had. I mean, it's very, um, you know, it's very uh, understandable that uh, when a president is reaching the end of his term, the process of confirming judges kind of shuts down in general. Okay, because nobody knows what's going to happen in the next election. So I'll tell you an interesting story. I was at the White House with I was a former past president of Federal Bar Association for Central Pennsylvania, and I got invited to go to the White House to meet with President Obama about, I don't know, 14, 16 months before he was out of office, because there were folks who were upset <clears throat> that Obama was not nominating uh, judges. And there were many districts in the country that had what was called judicial emergencies, meaning that they didn't have federal judges nominated, so therefore you couldn't have an approval process. And it was really hampering uh, the administration of the civil and criminal laws. In fact, right here in the Middle District of Pennsylvania, we had three vacancies, and we had a judicial emergency in the Middle District of Pennsylvania. And I guess that's why I was picked to go, because I certainly wasn't one of the high rollers, you know. I was, I think there were six people who went, and I was a sixth. <laughs> and uh, so we get there and find ourselves in the Roosevelt Room at the White House. And um, it was a fascinating experience. I'd never been there, even as a tourist, I'd never been in the White House before. And uh, although I had met other presidents, I'd, I'd met Bill Clinton a couple of times. Uh, and there I was, you know, sitting in the Roosevelt Room, you know, me and six other people, right? and, and the you know, very impressive, very impressive environment. The delegation was led by a very well respected and well known African American judge from the Fifth Circuit. And to hear uh, a federal judge 
um, take the president on and in a very cordial and pleasant way uh, excoriate him for not doing his job was just an experience I'll never forget. I'll be telling my, if I live long enough, my, children, my great-grandchildren the story. And the brief story, and I won't bore you and your, your listeners with all the details, is he found himself sitting there, and uh, the, the judge who, and I probably should keep the names anonymous, I don't think it was supposed to be an anonymous meeting, um, or anything of that nature, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave names out for now. The judge who uh, sort of led the delegation said to the president, he said, you know, Mr. President, we have judicial emergencies throughout the country. You know, we're very concerned. We realize it's only, you know, 16 months before you're done being president. Um, we're very concerned. These vacancies have not been filled. And the response, the president's response was, uh, and these guys were three feet apart, nose to nose. And I was probably 10 feet behind them, you know. We just took some chairs. And he said, well, you know, well, he says, you know, uh, Judge, he said, uh, uh, you're right. He says, but you know, the war, the war in Iraq, you know, is, is a, a terrible quagmire for me. I work day and night trying to figure out how to address that problem. We've got the budget deficit. I'm trying to get, we're trying to get a budget. And then he, and then he, he proceeded to talk about the, the Republicans in the Senate, on the Judiciary Committee, not, you know, not giving hearings to his nominees anyway. And, um, and the judge said to him, you know, Mr. President, and he looked at him, and he said, uh, he says, you're President of the United States. I mean, we know that's an incredibly difficult job. But you also have an obligation to nominate federal judges, whether the Senate likes them or not. You have an obligation to nominate. And if you don't do it, um, then you are abdicating your responsibility. These judges will last 40 years. Some of these people will be on the bench 40 years after you're done being president. And he said, if, you, if you're too busy to do it, you know, and he looked around the room, because the president had come in with two of his lawyers, he said, you've got all of these great lawyers, you've got all of these great staff who can do the job, and we in the Federal Bar Association, we're happy to give you suggestions of names, uh, but this is your obligation to nominate. And the president looked down and he said, you know, Judge, I know you're right, and I, I will do that, and yes, I would appreciate if you would give me names and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, just an amazing thing to see, hmm. to see that interplay between this judge and the president. We then went up to Capitol Hill and we met with members of the Judiciary Committee, and we were critical of them, too, for not giving hearings <laughs> to those nominees the president did make. He hadn't made enough. But, you know, we went up there to, to tell them they should be doing their job, <laughs> which means at least give hearings, you know, to those he does nominate. Well... After that, he did nominate a whole bunch of people. There oh, you and go. the other thing, were you not interesting? Weren't you nominated for federal judgeship at one point, or at least considered so I for was, it? I was not actually nominated. Okay. The, there's a the committee that gives the president names did have me as their top selection for one of the seats. That's right. Um, but there was um, the the uh, there had been a deal made in the Senate that there would be two um, Democrats and a Republican in this district who would get those appointments. And I was of the wrong political party, let's just put it that way. <laughs> All right. So Quick. even though I was the first choice, the, the, po the political party uh, kind of did me in. Well, you so should have been on the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a highly political <laughs> process, obviously, and my experience shows that. And um, so the reason why I told you the story is there is a duty to nominate. There is a duty to fill these positions. Now, you can say, well, you know, some presidents have done it, some haven't sometimes. Parties oppose it. Obviously, the Republicans opposed Merrick Garland. Uh, but then again, they were in control of the Senate. So they, they had the ability to do that. You can be sure if it had been Democratic Senate, a different uh, result would have occurred. So 
Um, these are political questions. And I think that's what people who are listening to the show have to realize. This is not a matter of who's good or bad, right or wrong. There's certainly nothing in writing anywhere. Um, you're talking about the nature of the political process, and every federal judge is, is, a, is a kind of political process. There's some very good federal judges out there, and there are some very political ones. But nobody gets that job without high-level political support from somebody, whether Why? the president or the senators or somebody. Why is that? I mean, I would think if you're because on the U.S. Supreme Court... Because the Constitution of the United States gives the president and the Senate that ability to do that. It doesn't say these people have to go to law school. It doesn't say they have to be competent. It doesn't say they have to be non-political. And so some presidents in the last few years have created these committees. Like I told you, I was, I was the choice, the top choice of a, of a nominating committee. Those committees have no power. The president, and, and in my case, for example, the president and the Senate completely disregarded the recommendation of the committee. Can we ask him a and I, I knew yeah. a couple of the committee members. They told me afterwards they were really ticked off about it. I would never serve again because they realized they were just window dressing. It was to make, it was to make the politicians look good. Oh, we have a non-political process. We have this nominating committee. And I think whether those nominating committees are legitimate has, also has a lot to do on, on uh, which U.S. senators are involved in the nomination. In my case, uh, Senators Toomey and Casey simply didn't really seem to care very much what the nominating committee said. They had a lot to say with the president. I think uh, in other, other senators who were involved in nominations may defer more to the, these committees, these commissions, and others do not. And some don't have any committees or commissions. I know of instances where a committee or a commission would make a recommendation to the Senate or to the President who should be nominated, and um, the, they, didn't even regard, they didn't even regard the suggestions of the nominating committee, and some senators have not even had a nominating committee. <laughs> so the whole idea of trying to, to make this non-political is window dressing, it's fake. These are essentially political appointments of one kind or another. Another interesting criticism of Obama... Well, we have to stop you there. We're just about out of time. i got to stop you there real quick. If you can do this in one minute, if something is constitutional, why doesn't every judge see it the same way? Because the Constitution is interpreted. It's a very broad document. You know, it's like reading the Bible. Um, And, you know, people read the Bible, and they they see it differently. And, they you know, they read... uh, some people read the Bible to uh, prohibit abortion, and other people read the Bible to allow it. So, I mean, it's very difficult to, when you're talking about a general document, a very general, this is not a contract. You, you know, your contract at the radio station, if I wrote your contract, it's going to be very specific. When do you start, how much do you get paid, what benefits do you get, all that kind of stuff. Our Constitution is a general statement of principles. That's the one-minute answer. And so when you look at a general statement of principles, you've got to figure out what they mean. What does due process mean? Okay? You have people listening. What is actually, pro- what process? Due to who? For what? Where? When? Under what circumstances? What does well, that mean? Cliff, if I, can, if I can ask you Anything. this quick question. Yeah. When you talk about politics, doesn't it go back to the statement in the movie Casablanca? You know, I'll, 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 I'll put different words in, but I'm shocked, shocked to find out that politics is going on here. I mean, is that the statement coming out of Washington when it comes to judges? Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all political at every level. <clears throat> at every level, it's political, and anybody who's surprised by that really just is not you know not paying attention. I think the question is not how you make it non-political, because unless you amend the Constitution, that's going to be political. I think I think the the really question is is what are the voters going to demand, 
And what happens is the voters demand people of their political stripes when their party's in office. So you have Republicans controlling the presidency. They're going to nominate judges whose political instincts they're comfortable with. And I've got to tell you, President Trump or Obama or any of them, their judges are not uniform. Not every Obama nominee is alike. I, I know of Obama nominees, for example, who are very right-wing conservative. Why? Because he wouldn't have gotten them through the Senate, particularly from the states where those senators were from, without doing that. I know Trump nominees who, you know, people would call liberal. I hate these terms, liberal and conservative. But, but just to make it you know easy and quick, who are more liberally oriented because they had to deal with the reality of getting those people confirmed in, in particular states. So even when you're talking about a conservative or a liberal president, that doesn't necessarily 100% define their judiciary. Okay? It may ref- get, it's reflected in the totality of their nominees, but it is not on an individual basis, you might be very surprised sometimes. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so, so much for all the help and the information. Uh, we, will, we will expect a bill yeah. soon from Georgetown Law for all this uh, great uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks great for analysis. It. Great uh, information. Always well, fun to talk to you guys. Well, thank you. Keep in touch, and as soon as possible, we'll have you back in the studio for another uh, great. great set of questions. Thank yep, you, attorney readers. Take care. Appreciate right, take that. Take care. Go Cl- Eagles. <laughs> okay, <laughs> noted. Hopefully. All right. Uh, Cliff Readers, a partner in the Williamsport Law Firm of Riders, or Readers, Travis Humphrey, Waters, and Dorman now. Uh, graduated in 1970 from New York University and then his law degree from Georgetown in 1973. Are you tired? I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, after that <laughs> seminar. We need a break. All right, we'll be right back. Fall is here. And just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, got any questions or remarks or observations or opinions or reactions to the learned words of Cliff Readers, the noted attorney? Feel free to call us now, 1-800-795-9565. Why do we have divided courts? How can the same people uh, judge a law like abortion or balloting or gun control and come up with a different conclusion as to what's constitutional and what isn't? How can that be? And of course, how can you get a split court? Joe says he'd like to have all of the justices old white men, but that's <laughs> simply not possible these days. So we don't we don't do that anymore. So oh, oh, it goes back to federalist Jeffersonian. 
And so it's, you know, from the beginning, there's been splits on the court and, you know, good for that. And, hey, you have uh, a change in the court. You have changes in gender. You have, uh, you know, different different races on the court. So does does the court look like... The United States. Does no. the court judge like the United States? Should it? All right. We can talk about that on the market sponsor of the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can call us now, 1-800-795-9565. We can talk about Hunter Biden and his run-in uh, mm. with uh, all kinds of accusations about uh, taking money and, of course, the uh, damning influence that it has on Joe Biden. He took so money talk- or he earned money? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Oh. So we'll We'll talk about that <laughs> shortly, and we can also talk about the ballots that uh, ended up in a dumpster in Luzerne County, a pretty big mm. widespread issue that's uh, popped up when it comes to mail-in balloting, and veterans, no less. That's the, w- the worst part about that. And let's see, we can also talk about the other thing that's popped up, the su- Supreme Court uh, topic. So, What about wha- the, your governor? <laughs> governor Tom Wolf. He's your governor. Oh. 1-800-795-9565 <laughs> is our telephone number. I've been calling him King Wolf for weeks now. Oh, the emperor, you, the emperor. You can tell if he, what it's like uh, Walter Conkite. If, if you've lost Walter Conkite, you've lost the nation. I, I, if, if Governor Wolf has lost me, he's lost uh, the If state. you've lost Lawrence, you've lost right. the state. So does the emperor... Wolf have clothing. I mm-hmm. guess we will we'll know in the next fifty minutes, folks. Call know. in. Uh, my, I've been sending him letters from home with my opinion, and they have a courteous uh, email response that I get every time. So I'm saving. I hope those. it says thank you. It does. It okay. does. Thank you for voicing your opinion. <laughs> we'll be probably ignoring it. All right, funny. Uh, we do have some news headlines, so let's do that, and then we'll lo- we'll go to the phones. We got a ton of emails and texts left over from yesterday, so uh, we're going to try to get to some of those too. A Shamoka man facing eight criminal counts after the Northumberland County detectives say he threatened a city councilwoman and her family. The county DA says Joseph Lashinsky Jr. charged with two counts of terroristic threats and six counts of disorderly conduct after that. Let's uh, put a ninth in there, too. Ninth stupidity. Oh, well, yeah, that's an additional charge. Nine discarded military ballots found in a dumpster in Luzerne County. The FBI is helping the state police investigate. They were recovered. Turned out that some of the ballots were valid or votes for Donald Trump. That was in plain sight, according well, to the FBI. Some were for Biden, too. Seven to two, supposedly the numbers are. For who? Biden, supposedly 7-2. Oh, okay. Officials say a small number of military ballots were improperly discarded. Who did it? The FBI is not saying, nor why that might have been done. And uh, we'll continue to keep you posted about that Why it might have been done? (laughs) Well, is it possible, technically possible, that it isn't just Democrats trying to rig the election? Is it Republicans trying to throw the election, you know, into disarray? Or is it, was it an accident? I guess that would be feasible. You know, you should handle them like gold, but, you know, accidents can happen. But anyway, all right, we'll talk about that. But Pennsylvania's governor says state Republican lawmakers are acting irresponsible when it comes to trying to pare down his successful COVID-19 mitigation efforts. Rather than bolstering the Commonwealth's efforts to prepare for a possible resurgence, legislators have repeatedly tried to deny my administration the critical tools I need to try to continue to fight this effort. The Constitution gives me some power to do that. They seem to have a problem with that. 
He also cited a report saying easing mitigation efforts in bars and restaurants will result in doubling the state's infection rate. Uh, the state Supreme Court, also democratically led, has dealt a blow to Republicans in the legal fight over the deadline for mailed-in ballots. The court rejected without comment Thursday a request by Republicans to put on hold its decision to extend the deadline for receiving accounting mail-in ballots. You remember Senator Gordner talked about that on Monday. Senator Gordner also talked about drop-off sites and postmark dates saying uh, that the uh, Republic or Democrats rather are relying on the state constitution in order to say that drop-off sites are legal but <laughs> the senator says huh. you know I mean at least saying follow the postmark would make sense but uh, you don't even have to say it they, the way they worded it was that unless it's obvious that it wasn't sent beforehand you've got to count every uh, ballot and every vote that comes in um, up to three days after the uh, election. Senator Gordon said mm. this is clearly a case of Mark. legislating from the bench. Yeah, but the Republicans have to stand up. They voted for this. And if they didn't know the details of it, shame on them. It's time to call some of these legislators out on both sides. The Democrats that voted for the bill and then didn't help override the veto in the House. And you know what, Republicans? You guys voted for this mail-in ballot, and if you didn't know the details... Uh, shame on you. But this is frustrating. Also, to note, I believe under the Emergency Act, Governor Wolf, or your King Go- King Wolf, <laughs> my Emperor Wolf, has, I believe he can make changes to allow ballots to be there. But that's something to be discussed. Right. Also, remember, PA court, now they're going to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. All right. We've got one call waiting and another one coming in. But we one more brief headline. This time in Louisiana. Have you ever been to Harvey, Louisiana? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. A fish, where it is near? What is uh, it? Near? It is, but I recall, I believe it's near Baton Rouge. Okay. Officials say Double a, check f- that. a fourth grader at a Louisiana elementary school was suspended from school after he picked up a BB gun his brother, his younger brother tripped over and accidentally, he says, placed it in view of his computer's camera during a virtual class. So the BB gun was on the floor. Younger brother trips over. The boy picks it up and leans it against the wall. But now you can see it in plain sight. And so the boy gets suspended for touching a gun in school. The Woodmere Elementary student, uh, Mari Harrison, was suspended for six days and was eligible to return to class last Thursday. And the Jefferson Parish Public School System said Mari brandished what appeared to be a full-size rifle during a virtual class, but his family says it was a BB gun. The school behavior report says regardless of the type of weapon or the caliber or whether anybody fell or not, uh, you are not allowed to touch any guns of any kind at all whatsoever during school hours, even if it's virtually at home at in your yeah. the privacy of your house. The family says it's wisely, I, I added wisely, considering a lawsuit in the school says, well, guess what? Closer to New Orleans, Jefferson Parish, closer to New Orleans than Baton Rouge, but New right Orleans. off of there. <laughs> you say right. it like they do. Well, that's how it's supposed to be said. Louisville no. is not Louisville. It's oh, Louisville. Isn't it funny? They had an argument today on no, the, uh, America's First News about Louisville. Well, here, here's the question, the way though. Maybe you it. can answer this. Uh, how do you pronounce the capital of Louisiana? Is it New Orleans or New Orleans? New Orleans. Uh, I believe Baton Rouge, but that's oh, okay. Oh, that was a trick, <laughs> you you dirty trickster. Oh, you got me. Mike, go ahead. You know, the story about the uh, kid during virtual school having a BB gun uh, yeah. leaning against the wall and being expelled for that, that's an example of the craziness 
that we have in our country. What, what would happen if he would have had a Bible there? I mean, they would have said, hey, what about separation of church and state? We can't have a Bible being seen during virtual school. Mike, Mike, it's it, no, 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 Mike, not craziness, ludicrous. Ludicrous. Yes. That's not what? crazy. That's ludicrous to do that. And you know what? I'm going to say this in Louisiana, and I've been there many, many, many times. If you did a panoramic of that, uh, your computer there, you would probably see mounts on the wall, Got probably the guns. On the, so, so anyway, so I, I, again, we're we're in we're in ludicrous territory now. Ludicrous, and 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 that brings me to your topic about the Supreme Court. Okay, in my mind, the Supreme Court is to protect the American people from basically the insanity of a political mob, okay? If a political mob rams something through, then it's up to the Supreme Court to stop that from being inflicted on the American people. And right now we have a political uh, campaign going on, and Joe Biden, he won't commit to two things. He, He will not say whether he is for or against packing the Supreme Court, and he refuses to produce or say anything about who he might put on the Supreme Court were he elected. Okay, to me, that's a dereliction of his election responsibilities here, and we have to ask the question, why is he hiding from these two issues? Well, I don't think you have to ask the question. I think by him not addressing it, you get an ideal that there's a problem he has with he feels traditional Democrats, base type of Democrats, what he thinks he is moderate, and the people who are really running the Democratic Party. So he cannot come out. If he says nothing, he lets people interpret that. So he's somewhat, I mean, Mike, that's almost like in some responses, about 80% of dealing with bureaucrats in government, state, local, federal, there's a rule. This is 80%. This isn't everybody. That if they don't make a decision, they haven't made the wrong decision, and they keep their jobs. <laughs> if you don't so, do anything, you can't make any yes, mistakes. Yes, so so exactly. So if Biden doesn't say anything, he leaves it up to interpretation. And in a way, that's somewhat of a brilliant campaign strategy. Just let me do the least I need to do and not irritate the most people, and maybe I can get elected. So if that's the type of president you want to have, you know, folks have at it. And if I could comment on your other story there, uh, Mark, you mentioned about uh, ballots being thrown away up in Luzerne County. Well, it turned out in a dumpster. They were criminally placed there by someone. Even accidental is uh, <laughs> violating an oath that those people have to take good care of them. But anyway, go ahead. What, what I heard was that uh, seven of the ballots uh, were voted for Trump and they were discarded. And there were some other ballots that were re- returned back into the envelope. And are you saying that those ones that were put back into the envelopes had uh, votes for Biden? Is that no? What we don't know. That. We don't. We don't the, know that. To be there true. is a report that the other two were for Biden. Oh, okay. The, but that has to, you know we'll, we'll we'll see how that pans out later. And Chuck Todd, he you know he responded nationally to this uh, incident by saying that it was just some type of scheme uh, cooked up by the Trump people to to, sh- to show that there really was. Uh, uh, 
voter fraud. No, and, those, and, you know, those so rascally. Just downplayed it. Is that correct? Did yeah. you hear that? Those rascally Republicans. Well, I didn't hear Chuck Todd say it, but it certainly is feasible. I mean, you, the FBI says they don't know how they got there. Well, it could be anything. I mean, that is a possibility that a Republican did it so that they can continue to foment dissent. It is more likely that it's some sort of a snafu involving somebody doing misconduct of any, any political party in the courthouse uh, or just some kind of a bizarre accident. Now, I, I can't envision what, how you could accidentally do that because, you know, if you are a diamond dealer and somebody brings in a two-carat diamond, <laughs> do you accidentally lose it? Well, I guess that's possible, but that's your whole shtick. And if you're the voter office, the election office in Luzerne County, your whole shtick is to treat those things like gold. And so, you know, that's a dereliction of duty under any, even if you did it accidentally. So but we'll find out. The FBI will get to the bottom of this for sure about that. And uh, we'll sure. <laughs> well, we hope, we hope they do. The and FBI? If I, could, if I could mention one other topic, have you guys been talking at all about the uh, Pennsylvania COVID tracker app for your smartphones? Uh, we haven't talked about it much. Uh, we, we have we talked about the fact that it exists. The governor rolled it out. I know there's about 70,000 people using it, even as Mike, have you read the book 1984? <laughs> have you heard the term Big Brother? Have you <laughs> want government to track everything you do when you right, do we it? we got to take go. another caller, though, Mike. Thank you so much okay. for checking in. Really appreciate the Look. call. Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Last caller before a quick break. Good morning, gentlemen. Ben, you're you're right on the money with 1984, aren't you? Right, right on the money. No, wow. that sadly, I wish sadly, people had read that book. Yep. <laughs> think, think twice about it. That's all I can say. Think mm. twice. I remember maybe 10 years ago, Babette Joseph, now off the Pennsylvania House, pushed through a bill that you couldn't tag prisoners. Right? You couldn't tag people being released from prison with those little. Um, GPS things so you could track Mm -hmm. uh, child molesters, etc. You couldn't tag them. Oh, no. But you could ask people (laughs) to do this. I mean, amazing. Anyway, I'm calling on a more positive note. The other day I read in the paper about a young woman, Alyssa Hoffman, who is a senior at Warrior Run High School, who for her uh, Gold Star Project as a Girl Scout, and I'm a former Girl Scout, uh, implemented building a bridge for her cross-country team. Isn't that wonderful? What? Like oh, a, yeah. A running? Took her two years to do this. Oh, the and running bridge. sadly enough, it gets done, and then there's no cross-country season, thanks to Emperor Wolf. But and I, f- Help me understand that. you got people outside running, spaced out. I've gone. My granddaughter was a cross-country it's runner. The congregation bef- it's the congregation before and after the race, they said. Well, then yeah. they could stand apart. Right. I mean, no, are we really such morons? Yes. The governor thinks okay. we are. Well, Cindy, I mean, I, I want to say that. Personally, the governor thinks we are because look at this. The, the Carlisle Car Show back in June, July, and the deal that was made under the table there, look at, and I'm, believe me, great for Seals Grove Racetrack. If I've had people take pictures of the Seals Grove racetrack, and there's other races going on. The hypocrisy is so deep and wide here. Yes, the governor thinks we're morons. Yes, as Mark says, it's his king. 
my emperor, and, yeah. and it's ridiculous. Now, my question is, when she built that bridge, I'd love to talk to her to see how many DEP permits she had to go through, because I take oh, it it probably it, went across the stream. I wonder if it was expedited yeah. because there had been a bridge there before. Well, you hope. There was a helped. bridge there before, good, good and the bridge her. had been de- declared dilapidated or something. And, and so where did you find out about this story about this young woman? It was in the local section of the Daily Item on Wednesday. No, oh, good for her. Warrior Run Senior Gold... gold uh, gold award the other thing i want to say is this if i don't know if if you've traveled out west we've had the pleasure of doing it twice and especially of going to the national parks and in particular i can point to the grand canyon now i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure most of us can picture the grand canyon and you know there's an edge right there's an edge there it's a pretty hard (laughs) edge you walk up to it and the next thing you're stepping on air right okay and you know what they did about this in terms of safety so that's pretty dangerous don't you think i mean you could be walking along and you could walk (laughs) right off and people do every year people fall off the edge of the grand canyon what Uh, did they do about that they put up signs and the sign says your safety is your responsibility (laughs) yes and that's how i look upon where we are with this uh, COVID situation places. now. Places. If I choose to go somewhere and Ben comes there and you come there, Mark, that's our responsibility. And if people are concerned that I have the cooties or Ben has the cooties and we're sharing the cooties with Mark, don't come there. Don't come there. Yeah, go figure taking some personal responsibility. Hey, Cindy, I want to just say something, and I I didn't listen to the show exactly, but I talked to two other people, and I remember one person called me and said this, so they must have heard something locally, but your analysis on Ginsburg and during the Obama administration, spot on. I had heard that back then when people were talking because they were concerned. However, they did think Clinton was going to win in a landslide, so there'd be no problem. But in all honesty, people do not understand that they were asking her. Now, at at that time, 80, 79, 80, that's probably a good good deal on the Supreme Court. I'm sure she could have got uh, uh, some consulting jobs and that, but uh, no, I've heard that from a number of people in the past, but it was interesting that All you right. brought that up. Thank you so much, Cindy. Really Thank appreciate you, the call. Yeah, uh, Cindy uh, said earlier this week that RGB should have resigned during the Clinton administration. They tried. Or the they Obama administration. They so They her. did ask her, okay, mm-hmm. so that uh, he could appoint a youthful nominee who would outlast any Republican that might get elected. But at the time, RGB plus others also thought, well, you know, Clinton's getting elected, so that'll take care of that. And you know how that worked out. All right, so we got one line lit up. Uh, Bob's standing by, so hold on, Bob. Uh, we got a slew of texts and emails. Uh, we take callers first. I know you sent us some really thoughtful texts and emails, but I really do need to take the calls first. That's It's the WKOK Live telephone talk show. So we got a caller standing by. We'll take more comers on the line, 1-800-795-9565. I will read one quickie email before we hit the break, and that is uh, one listener says, what a great guest in the start to today's show. Please, please, please have more guests like this who educate and entertain us as well. Love the White House visit story. Most mornings I listen briefly because of a lack of interesting guests like the gentleman you had on today. Uh, raise the mark of on the mark, says one of the guests you have on today, meaning Cliff, Cliff. readers. We don't have well, enough Cliff guys. Uh, we don't have enough like. Well, the thing is, we got 45 minutes out of 27 minutes with Cliff. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> so. what, what, what do you say? You got uh, 
20 pounds of product in a 10-pound bag yeah. or something? No, no, no. The local YMCA's, they get five pounds of out of four pounds. Okay. So. We'll be right back. Fall is here, and just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is, now the, is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages and drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate Fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565, the open phone, talking about the U.S. Supreme Court, RGB, should she have stepped down during the Clinton administration? Some folks say yes, other Obama. folks say, all right, thank you, uh, some folks say preposterous. <laughs> but, well, she uh, would have stepped down during the Clinton administration. Mm. That wouldn't have helped anybody, mm-hmm. okay. Cadillac Ranch. Bob, thanks for being so patient, uh, waiting throughout all of that. You are on the mark. Yeah, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. I was just calling uh, yesterday. CNN had uh, said about Hunter making all this illegal money. Well, I want to just say that he made that money honestly. Maybe his father's name might have helped him get the job, which I really don't care how he got the job, but he did the job and he didn't do it illegally. He's not like the mafia family, the Trumps. Now, Eric Trump is uh, supposed to testify, a judge ordered in New York City, for him for in, for improperly. In, Plating values of real estate for loans and taxes and benefits, etc. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No, I would say uh, you might go through a long list of people who are in that type of business, and I'm going to be quite honest: uh, a very large, large percentage. Uh, people have tried to overinflate valuations for certain reasons. Uh, your take on Hunter Biden is so far off the mark. That, did, uh, he do a, did, he, did, did he work? Uh, did that, he do a job? No, nobody knows that. Nobody knows what the records are with his, with his board. So Hunter Biden obviously got put in a position based on the influence of his father. If you want to deny that, then you have to go look at the records. Uh, well, Hunter, Hunter, Biden, Hunter, Biden, yeah. Hunter Biden right now is in a pot, almost like a frog, and it's starting to come to a, okay. a boil. Well, here's the big thing. It doesn't even matter because Hunter Biden wasn't even... Uh, Biden wasn't even the president at the time. He was vice okay. president. Here's my next topic. Well, hold on, he Trump was vice president. get rid of ballots. You know, the president is a psychopath. He then tells his pack at his uh, rallies, all the Republicans, go and vote, and vote by mail, but don't let the Democrats know that. He would burn down our democracy if he could. Well, well, Bob, what's interesting... We need to vote this loser out. Yeah, Bob, what's interesting is you're... Get out and vote by mail or in person. Okay, and and do both. Do both if you need to. But it's interesting we have text... 
and your call and your text the text and your call are almost simultaneously well, it's the same which, what you're saying so well, um, I'm, trying, I'm reading it because you guys don't so you know if I send a text you don't read it because so I call so I can tell you what I sent and if you don't like that then well, I won't well, call well, that's we good like that. that's, that's good that they, met, that, that, that they match up and they're, and they're consistently well, I try to, off the I mark I try to say what I said yeah and they're consistently off the mark but we certainly appreciate in them no, I would say in a large part of you. When you if you think I'd, Hunter Biden, uh, the situation with Hunter Biden is above board, then somebody doesn't you know, know where the Biden board's has at. Hunter Biden nothing to do with this. Look at the Trump family. Look at Ivanka Trump, or the little princess that got all these China uh, patents. And now they're putting down yeah, China th- because... Because China, China is bad. Like Trump, He's and now they're trying to blame everything on Biden. Well, I'm glad to see Trump is going to lose, and I can't wait and call you back next year <laughs> and let you know. No, please, that next year will be soon enough. Is going to turn around, is do a 180 from where it's going now, because it's going to pot. Uh, pot will probably be legalized. Yes, Biden you might be correct in Pennsylvania. And All right, thank you. You know what? I'm glad we do have a King Wolf. Because we don't have a King Trump. No, that's that's sad. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. We don't have a King Trump. He is the president, but you do have a King Wolf, according to Mark Lawrence. But uh, (laughs) caller, very misinformed on Hunter Biden, and the uh, facts will come out here. Facts have been out. Uh, Like I said, he's in a slow. It's the frog in the in the water that the heat is now being turned up. So now, when is the frog going to jump out? out? And now, when are the other people around Hunter Biden going to jump ship? Time will tell. I'm assuming it was in Louisiana where they found out that frogs don't jump out of boiling water. Uh, <laughs> could have been. Yeah. Uh, no, because they're, you know, they're part of the crawfish boil that I they're going to have. you got to have frog legs. All right. One of our good listeners sent us a text that says, Come on, Mark. The Democratic National Committee is the party of socialism. Look at their platform. It has Bernie and AOC written all over it. Another listener says, point of fact, President Obama didn't act as a lame duck after the 2016 election. He continued to have his weaponized three-letter agencies illegally investigate the incoming administration. Yeah, big deal in the FBI. I don't know if you've talked about, but uh, again, that onion is being peeled back. And the texts that have come out now by not anonymous sources, but by sources in the FBI, and you see what these texts are. And these people are looking, I mean, the a great text says, boy, if this thing gets FOIA'd, Freedom of Information Act, there's going to be some questions that will need to be answered. And that's just paraphrasing that. So FBI, unfortunately, rank and file, very, very good people. The management and the administration, uh, very, very poor for this country. Did An embarrassment. The, another listener says, did the Democrats participate in a peaceful transition of power after the 2016 election? Oh, wait. The answer is... No, how, to how, a degree. How? What did they obviously? You know. Uh, well, they they were spying on the Trump campaign. Oh, okay. They were spying, well, yeah, no, and then afterwards, right, the Brennan Clapper uh, meeting with Trump uh, up in uh, up in New York. I mean, and and the president Trump has said this. No president should go through this. And you know what? It's funny. The people on the left and the progressives that protested, you know, Big Brother and big government and, uh, you know, the church commission in the early 70s about the CIA having too much power. Now that seems to be okay if you're in power. So, you know, what the FBI did, what, what the CIA did, 
you know, you, you know, a lot of you folks would have your hair on fire over this, but now it's okay because it's against Republicans. It's against Trump. Well, President Trump's hair does look like it's on fire sometimes, oh, but someday, that's another topic. Someday. All right, another listener says, I don't understand why the Democrats continue to cover for Hunter Biden's corruption when the facts are proving he enriched himself at government expense. So thank you for the text. I think that makes us uh, caught up. We appreciate that. And Bob called in and did his text in person, so yeah, we uh, we're, got, we're happy for got that. those out of the way. Uh, now, uh, we have an empty text box and a slew of emails, so we're going to start to read emails, one right after another. But if you'd like to line up on the telephone, please do so. Now is your opportunity. Comment about the uh, really uh, super observations of Attorney Cliff Readers earlier today. Why we can't just have uh, Joe wants nine old white guys on the Supreme Court, why that won't work, why you need balance of political ideologies, because you are doing an interpretation, like an artist interprets something. So uh, that that was a fabulous how, how answer. How about the we best person? That. How about the best person, be they female, be them whatever color, whatever Bunch religion. Bunch of white guys, right? Just like No, you. What, whatever, whatever. The, you know, how about the best person for the job? What, what if, every, if everybody on the Supreme Court was a Ben Reikley clone? Uh, we'd have a very good Supreme Court. Very fair. <laughs> we, 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 we would have we would have a <laughs> lot right. of justice being done, and also too, a lot of the lower courts would be doing their job. But no, no, don't kick this up to us. You guys figure this out. Right. You ladies figure this out. And here's what we're going to do. And and we will go back and right some wrongs. All right, and call me now. Oops. Go one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We got open phones at the moment, uh, and we can talk about Hunter Biden or the president or uh, uh, you know the what ballots the in the dumpster up there. Uh, <laughs> I I foolishly gave uh, Ben our football schedule, and now he wants yeah. to read. Some of those on the radio. Supreme Court, I'll take five. I'll give you four. Okay. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Hold on, Bobby. We will be right back. Fall is here. And just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is, now the, is the, the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC, SMC comes, comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate. Fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Bobby's been waiting patiently. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yes, um, good morning. You know, the president has an awesome uh, responsibility to, you know, to pick uh, a Supreme Court justice because it's been a while since, you know, that process has been done. And the thing is, our world has drastically changed since the last time, uh, you know, a justice was uh, was picked. Gorsuch and, that, and Kavanaugh. So, you know, it's something that people don't realize. I mean, it's, it can't be a five-minute decision, but he has to kind of weigh uh, all different possibilities and backgrounds. 
and uh, you know, of course, going you know from the local court here in uh, Northumberland County to Pennsylvania, you know, right to the top, and that that's that's something that people don't realize. It's not an easy decision that the president has to make. All right. Well, yeah, good point. Yeah, the, the pandemic, I guess, is what you're talking about. That has changed. So, uh, plus, no, plus, plus inflation, plus joblessness, plus uh, uh, our what I call our natural disasters. And that, I mean, with the fires and the floods and everything else coming down, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that are being, you know, affected on a daily basis. All right. Yeah, good point. Yeah, the world has changed. There's no argument there. That's what Pat Toomey says, why he's voting one way one day and another way another day, because everything he says is different. <laughs> well, that's true. You. Plus, he wants thank to be governor. Much. Yeah, thank you. Plus, oh. he wants to be governor, so that's the other aspect associated oh, okay. with that. When's he going to run? Now uh, that he's going to run. Uh, next year, I believe, okay. is, the, is, the, is the circulating the widespread rumors, and then the year after he runs. Good. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Yeah, I don't know what Hunter money you're talking about that Hunter Biden took from the government. Who said that? Uh, yeah, I don't think he took any money from the well, government. Yeah, he took it from Boris. He, he took it from uh, companies that are controlled by some government entities. Uh, Not American uh, entities, though, right? Well, he, said he took it from Chinese, the government. Yeah, so far we so far from we the know. Chinese government, but I think it was really businesses and from Ukrainian business, which was semi-governmental. Maybe uh, Chinese businesses most likely, and but, high percentage are the Chinese government. What's illegal about that? Did it, was any of it illegal? So far, nothing uh, looks illegal as far as uh, uh, unethical, okay. and that it does. <laughs> What's the now, scandal? so far, the 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 scandal is riding on Air Force Two with his father and then leaving with a large commitment from the uh, Chinese business slash Chinese government, uh, looking at what he did in Ukraine as right after his father was the point person for relations with Ukraine. So more and more is coming out. Like I said, the uh, the more pot is starting what? to boil. More and more information. The pot's boiling. The Russian scenario with the uh, with the mayor's wife. That that money, which you can follow. If you can say that's yeah. legal, then just come out and say, well, here it's legal, and here's why. So the connections well, are coming wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. You're supposed to make all your uh, private uh, stuff legal just because so you can. No, Chris. Uh, but if it came out, if it, it if it came out and says, "Listen, you got three point five million dollars or this sum from the Moscow mayor's wife," and well, and that's to be looked at also. But when you come out and say, "This is why <laughs> okay, I got this," this too? this is this is why I got. Well, I think we're talking Hunter Biden. If if you want well, if you want to convolute so it, this isn't all of a sudden, Chris. This isn't all of a sudden, and we didn't say look at his taxes. Come out and say, hey, I did this business deal, and this is what it was, and there was nothing wrong with that. So the Hunter Biden stuff's been going on for six years. You know nothing that is wrong with it. It it stinks to high Evan, Chris. Yes, there's something there's something wrong with it with the information that keeps coming out, and what's very interesting. The very interesting is where it came from and how it came from. What's Can wrong you? with it? Oh, the oh, the, the ties to the uh, to the uh, wife, the money, the three point five million dollars, and where that money came from and went, and then the ties to well, other well, wait, organizations. Now, now you're, you're saying you want to know how he spends his money? No, no, Chris. What we're saying is, if that money is legitimate, 
Hunter, come out and say this is why it's legitimate well, and put it there. No, obligation no he doesn't have thing. to. He doesn't have to. But then more information has got to come out. And I'm going to tell <laughs> you this. The Bidens. <laughs> but so what? The Bidens. Nothing, the the illegal activity. Wrong or illegal about it, right? The illegal activity, the potential illegal activity of the Bidens is starting to come out. And believe what, me. What, what potential? What the, the, the potential will come out to find out, about? to find out the Burisma and to find out the Chinese. So, Chris, what's yeah, happening yeah. is information <laughs> is coming know, out. It's been investigated. It you've is being investigated. You've had a whole Senate committee looking at and it. And look they what came, came out. No, they came out. They came out with information. Now that's being followed up. So here's what happened. The tip of okay, the iceberg so is starting to. They didn't follow it up. They just let out information that was non-incriminating. Which is now. Which is say, now. Oh, we should look into it, but then they can't stop looking themselves. That is that that the, the the potential here for hiding. Hunter Biden. What potential? What potential? I'm sure. What is it? The information, Chris, that keeps at? keep coming out. Two months ago, there was this much information. Now there's more information. But Six none months of it's ago. Changed. None of it's yes, it has changed. Now, 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 you're, now you're starting. I'll say this, Chris. Time, time will tell, and uh, we'll, we'll discuss yes, this even with more. Time will not tell. If you, yes, there, it will. You, there's no legal reason to get the information. There's no legal reason it, it, it will tell, right? Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell as it has over the last well, year and a half with Hunter Biden. Tell if, if nothing's illegal, though, there won't be a reason to. Well, if, to if nothing's what, illegal, the then charge? then you then you'll have that. However, more and more information's coming out, and it's getting words, dirtier. Say, you're making things up. Nobody's making things up. Well, you're saying there's illegal activity and potential I said, illegal the, activity. Yes, the potential, the, the potential illegal activity up. on why Hunter Biden was getting this money for the lack or the minimum work he did under when his father, being because vice president, was there. Because decided to do it. Yeah, we, we, time, time will tell, so Chris, and what, we will what see. What's that got to do with Joe Biden at all? There's no evidence. There's no oh, oh, Chris, no, nothing at all, Chris, anything. nothing at all. Yes, yes, good luck with Chris, this. Chris, we'll give you the last word. Go right Please. ahead. Please. Uh, so, somehow there's a completely different standard for the Trump relatives and the, and the Biden relatives. Well, he's our dear leader. I don't have to follow him. Uh, why? I, I guess that's just because uh, your political views. No, what, I have why? the same standard for both. Well, uh, your, your standards must uh, be skewed for the Biden family. <laughs> Meaning what the Trump family did before well, okay, let's presidency, look at what the Trump is that, did. and then let's look at what the Biden family did as U.S. Senator Joe Biden and Vice President Joe Biden was there. So if there's no conflict of interest with the Bidens, then the, the bar has been lowered. The, the bar has been lowered. Because of the conflict of interest between who? Between Chinese government, Ukraine government, and Joe Biden and, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. All right, we got to move and, on, Chris. And there hasn't been any. None, uh, none proven yet. Not, Just a lot yeah. of allegations. Okay, yeah. You can't prove a negative. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you Thank have to you. Prove exactly. You exactly, have no Chris. Almost, uh, almost like your, all, almost right? like your calls. You've admitted that, Chris. Almost like your calls. We can't prove a negative, but Come on now. good luck. <laughs>
You, 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 all you can do is throw out innuendo. That's no, all, all I'd say is the potential is there, and it has the it been enlightened, for, <laughs> and it has been enlightened the over the last for, uh, over the last couple uh, months. Trump being a spy for for Russia. We pulled but, over a car. The know, potential is there. There's so a violation what? here. Yeah, so we'll see that, and that's that's sort of there's a potential un- there. You have to admit there's potential there, right? Yeah, uh, little to none for your comment there. <laughs> Thank you, right. Chris. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. and there's little to none with, 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 that connects Joe Biden to anything. Uh, gotcha. There's, Noted. There's a lot and more coming. Oh, my gosh. A lot I more coming. This is like investigating Hillary Clinton in 2016. It's just a big nothing before the election to cast a shadow on Joe Biden, so nothing will come of it, and even if something does come of it, it won't. Well, well, then, anyway, then let me so. throw this out. Why was the Biden administration so concerned about Hunter Biden being involved in these? What, 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 what was the concern than in the Obama administration. I have no idea. Okay. To be continued. Yes. We'll, we'll come up with some criminal charges later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we invite you to do what I have done within the past 24 hours. Build another Ford Ranger to my precise specifications. I also built the Lincoln Navigator with a V8 for Joe McGranahan. And mm. uh, Mr. Ben Reikley is going to be cruising in my Mustang. You can do what hybrid. I do. Hybrid. Hybrid. Hi- you want a hybrid. That's right. You do a lot of road tripping. So Ford, Lincoln, Kia. Hyundai are the main lines that they have, but they got a pre-owned inventory with every known vehicle in it that's been checked out and perfect. There's no dogs on their lot. They're all in perfect condition. And guess what? You can check out every single thing that they have online. If it's pre-owned, they got the Carfax available. If it's one that's brand new, you got uh, half a dozen pictures of the interior, half a dozen of the outside, and half a dozen of the other side, uh, showing you what that vehicle looks like on all points, plus full descriptions. They can even start to work through the idea of figuring out how much your trade-in would be. And again, you're still online. You're not even there in person yet. So that's an option. Or you can go down there in person. Of course, uh, uh, folks like Ernie and Austin and Jeff and uh, Jason and Kyle would just love to get you fixed up at the Sunbury Motor Company. That's what they do. They take people saying, I wonder, and turn them into people that say, wow, when they have their new vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company. So go from I wonder to wow at the Sunbury Motor Company. You can do it all at Sunbury Motors. Fall is here. And just like the leaves, prices are falling on new Kias at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now is, now the, is the best time to get into Sunbury Motors Kia. While others don't have what you're looking for, SMC comes through. 2020 Kia Serenos are up to $6,475 off. Save over four grand on 2020 Kia Sportages. And drive away in a 2020 Kia Soul for as low as $17,990. When you stop by, all prices are clearly marked with rebates and discounts. See the sticker and know the savings. Remember, every new Kia comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Celebrate. Fall in a new Kia from Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Savings include all applicable discounts and rebates through KMF, including Sunbury Motors Kia discounts. Warranty is limited powertrain warranty. For details, see dealer or go to Kia.com. All right, welcome back. We're going to wrap up uh, our week and our day. Again, we thank Rob Center being as fabulous as humanly possible. We really appreciate that. Uh, Joe McGranahan will be back on Monday morning. Ben will be back in a week next week. Our guest, Gene Barr, is that official? Gene Barr. Okay, Gene Barr head of the state, the state business state cha- and yeah. chamber association. Of course, he's encouraging folks to wear a mask so businesses can stay Gene thriving. Gene Barr and Bob Garrett will right. be in next Friday. We'll talk about the jobless numbers continuing to go down around here. Uh, one of our good listeners. 
Faulkner sends us a text, says, Ben, 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 what do you think the Trump Mafia family does on their trips? They're looking to make money with their golf courses, tennis courts, and hotels. Mm, very superficial. And to call the Trump family, Mafia family, to call any administration, you know, that, that that's... Mm, very superficial. All right. Another listener says, investigating, as in investigating the Bidens or the Trumps or the Obamas or whoever, investigating is not spying. I think he's talking about the Trump administration, maybe before they got into office. Right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, when the Clinton or Obama administration had them investigated during the campaign. The Russians were interfering in the election. On another topic, the $150 billion in subsidies a year given to large corporations and businesses is also socialism. Well, we'll define socialism in so many ways, but here's the part about that. Yes, investigating is spying in some degree, and the part about the Russians were interfering in the election, in what way, however, I will throw out one way, is when the DNC paid for the false dossier, the steel dossier. So, yeah, the Russians were probably interfering on the Democrats. Side. I, one listener says, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, says, I've often heard it said, how can evangelicals and good people vote for a man like him? Oh, I'm sorry, he is going to vote for President Trump. I got it wrong. Here's an answer from one of the silent majority. Some of us talk to God every day about our vote, and God tells us the same thing. Vote for Trump. Go Trump 2020. Others that vote for Trump they got a whole lot of common sense. Well, I think there was a poll out. God and Jesus were pro-Trump, and then the 12 disciples were split in some way. So uh, we'll, Dan? We'll, we'll look for that poll. Dan, you're again. on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Like, you know, also Carter Page was used to get into the Trump headquarters. They used him to spy on Trump. That was their reason to wire, so-called wire the Trump headquarters. So Carter Page was being used as the liaison to get to Trump, and he he had a great record. But they used used him as the way to spy. So there was a lot of illegal spying, and I hope that gets out. Well, Dan, Dan Carter Page was an informant for the government, the U.S. government, on what was going on in Russia. So what they did to Carter Page is times 10 horrendous uh, on what they did. And and these people who think Hunter Biden did nothing, okay, yeah, let's look at the gray area of the law. And the, the other part is, let's look at the FBI. Let's look at Comey. Let's look at... McCabe. Let's look at what uh, Brennan and Clapper did when they went up to meet Trump. That was the setup. Then it got leaked to CNN. And who went to work for CNN? Who went to work for MSN? You know, we got texters and callers here that are, are, are regurgitating the same things I just saw on MSNBC this morning and CNN last night. I mean, you know, some original ideals or some some understanding of some things might might go a little farther than just, you know, spewing out what we're seeing on some of these other cable networks. And that goes for the Fox people, too, that just spew what Fox says. Right. And you know, these tables could be turned if it was in the other direction, if it was the Republican spying on a Democrat, or the FBI being used, there would be an odd cry. 
you wouldn't believe. You could hear it up to heaven. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Dan. office and great talking with you. You guys have a great, great weekend. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ben. Hey, good high school football folks. Get out and see it. WKOK Sunbury.